0: If you ask St. Louis baseball fans to name the greatest pitcher in Cardinals history, you'll likely get a divided opinion. Most will tell you it was Bob Gibson, but those who prefer the legend to the man will tell you it was Dizzy Dean. Gibson and Dean are only two of more than a dozen Hall of Famers who pitched for the Cardinals. Several, however, including baseball mortals Cy Young and Grover Cleveland Alexander, pitched for only a brief time in St. Louis. Steve Carlton and Bruce Suter had outstanding seasons with the Cardinals, but were Cy Young Award winners with other teams. Only Hall of Famers Gibson and knuckleballer Jesse Pop Haynes spent their entire careers in St. Louis. Three of the greatest pitchers in baseball history pitched for a St. Louis team, but never wore a Cardinals uniform. They pitched, however briefly, for the St. Louis Browns. After helping Connie Mack's Philadelphia Athletics win six American League pennants and three World Series, Eddie Plank, finished his career with the Browns. The eccentric, fire-engine-chasing Rube Waddell, who led the American League in strikeouts for six consecutive seasons, also finished out his career with the Browns. Just before the struggling Browns left town after the 1953 season to become the Baltimore Orioles, St. Louis fans had the opportunity to watch arguably the most entertaining pitcher in baseball history and one of baseball's greatest. When Bill Veck was owner of the Cleveland Indians, He signed 42-year-old Negro League legend Satchel Paige to a Major League contract. When Vec became the owner of the Browns in 1951, he brought the flamboyant Paige to St. Louis, where he pitched through the 1953 season. In 1951, Paige was on the same pitching staff with Ned Garver, who won 20 games that season for a last-place Browns team that lost 100 games. It was the first time in baseball history that a pitcher won 20 games for a last place team. It was the same year that Murray Dixon, a former Cardinals pitcher, won 20 games for a Pirates team that lost 90 games and would have finished in last place if it hadn't been for a Chicago Cubs team that lost 92 games in 1951. In 1951, I was a 12 year old pitcher for a Little League team on Pittsburgh's Southside. There were all star fireballers like Bob Feller for me to idolize, but I chose Ned Garver. And Murray Dixon as my heroes. I was small, skinny, and couldn't throw very hard, so the undersized and crafty Garver and Dixon were proof that, if I was smart and cunning enough, I could someday pitch in the big leagues. A few weeks ago, I was saddened to read that Ned Garver had passed away at the age of 91. Satchel Page once said that Garver knew more about the art of pitching than anyone in baseball, with the exception, of course, of Page himself. The only thing that prevented Garver from becoming one of the greats of the game was that he pitched for most of his career with the St. Louis Browns at a time when they were one of the worst teams in Major League history. Back in my Little League days, I didn't mind that Garver pitched for the lowly Browns because my hometown Pittsburgh Pirates were also one of the worst teams in baseball history. Garver actually claimed that he didn't mind pitching for the Browns and enjoyed his years in St. Louis. He once told an interviewer that all of his vehicles had St. Louis Browns stickers on them. One of the things that my wife Anita likes about baseball is that players come in all shapes and sizes. Though she dated a few home run hitters, she's always had a soft spot for the little guys. I never made it to the big leagues, but I was smart enough to throw a few curves at Anita and convince her to marry me. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.